Hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at. I know I'm in an alleyway. I know. I know how I look. But I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers. That's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. today theo is the days are getting shorter the days are very short yeah if you want to go for if you want to go for a walk you have like very narrow window of opportunity during the day to do it i get out at like five o'clock you know normal times already dark and this is when i started exercising and stuff so it's like i i already because it's been warm the last few days so i've been wanting to go out and like run Mm -hmm. except it's always dark and like one of the paths i take is not lit Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of it's like a dirt path in the woods you can be one of those Um, people that's running around with a headlamp like a crazy person i do you crazy (laughs) person because you have to like what am i gonna do i have a headlamp on so i can run on the streets where there are lights I, i start out on the dirt path now like I, I, cause that's where I would end in the summertime, but now I'm doing that. But this, this is not a running story. This is a, I took a walk before this recording. Um, and I was just walking along, I had my headphones in and then I took one of them out cause I heard this weird, like scrabbling. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. It was on a tree that was like right next to me. And I'm like, oh, sounds like a squirrel. And then it kept going and it was like way too loud. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? And so I took my flashlight and I looked at the tree and there's just a big ass raccoon staring, staring at me. At and I went, ah, and I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were intruding on him. The nighttime is his do- domain. You, but you this, were supposed to be inside. This is where why people are afraid of drop bears in mm-hmm. Australia because I had the fear that that raccoon was going to go and then jump at me like Bilbo yep. in fucking Lord of the Rings and like he get looks me. so cute but then he's a nasty boy he's a nasty boy and so I, I just ran I ran so far away into Segment City welcome everybody wow, to Segment was, City you ran all the way from a raccoon straight to, there's no raccoons in Segment City confirmed confirmed um, we're all raccoons here actually I'm Will Kane, raccoon hunter. I'm the opposite of a hunter. What? What's the opposite of a hunter? A Par- prey? prey. Yeah, prey. Yeah, rac- raccoon prey. Will Kane. And I'm. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know who I am. I'm a raccoon. You're, Fuck it. You don't know who you am. <laughs> I don't know. You're who Theo Sapakos. Sapakos. <laughs> And this is a podcast in which Theo and I present segments each week. Some that are new, some are recurring, but we don't know what the other person's going to do. But we do know what I'm going to do first. It's Will's stupid thought. Mm. And this relates to my story. What do you think animals think about humans running? Hmm. You know, when I am go for a run, sometimes I'll see a rabbit and I'll like, and it'll respond to the, the sound. It'll do you think away. they just stare at us and they're like, that guy's being chased by some uh, predator. <laughs> we better move it. We better, if he's getting chased, that means I'm getting chased. Yeah. Well, I, I do wonder what they think because they're like, he's just wasting all that energy. What do you think that they think when uh, they see multiple people running, but they're running in different directions? 
Oh, like ooh. one you're running, I, you're I, running one di- right, one direction, and then the rabbit's like, "All right, there's something behind him." But then someone goes running the way you just came. The, yeah. Hmm. I thought you were gonna say like a marathon, like stampede. They're like <laughs> <laughs> stampede. Tons, tons the running of, of the people is happening. I don't. Yeah, they must just get confused. They're like, "Why the fuck are maybe they think we're on some like." 3d chess kind of bullshit yeah compared to them and it's like oh okay the they're they they know what they're doing i bet you some animals don't really question it like it doesn't seem like dogs really question it they're like oh running is fun yeah hell yeah, yeah. they're running I- i'm all dogs about it will, but then dogs start running they never run at the pace that you're going they're either that has to be a good dog their whole life depends on it depends on it or yeah they'll go fucking destroy you know and you're like, oh, <laughs> they never go at a jogging pace. My mom has a corgi and it's very, very short. <laughs> and when we go walking with the corgi, she zooms along the path and then comes screaming back like a like a torpedo and is back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> and then at some point when we're like only halfway done through the walk, she'll like sit there and be like, I don't want to move anymore. And you're like, that's because you've walked, you've ran like 10 miles by the time we've got here. You idiot! Like, this carry me. <laughs> carry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cats definitely don't know what the f- they're like. Oh, stupid humans! Stupid they idiots. don't give a shit. Um, prey animals probably think we're being chased by something. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know what they think. I I don't. I'm afraid of skunks, like most people. I think I don't want to be sprayed by a skunk. I don't think I'm afraid of skunks so much as I'm just like generally nervous about them. Is that, yeah, is that I would, scared? I would qualify I, it as nervous. I Here's the difference, I think. Because I, I saw skunks waddling through my front. As they do. Like, front yard, I guess you'd say. Um, and they, I was like, oh, cute. And I, like, took pictures of them. It was at nighttime. But then I was like, hey, get, get out of here, though. But also, don't, don't stick to, around. They're bad around. news. If I saw a bear waddling through my front yard i would be terrified i would lock every door i would hunker down so funny story about bears my dad my dad insists on keeping the bird feeders up year round at the behest of the neighbors and the fire department who has come and told him off multiple times to his face like hey take down those bird feeders because Uh bears will come and several times the bears have come. <laughs> there was one morning where he came downstairs and he saw that the bird feeder had been knocked over. And he's like, all right, got to go uh, check that out. And it was like, it's like one of those bird feeders that sits on a pole and mm. had like fallen over and the pole had fallen over. And so yeah. he like went out to the yard and like tried to pick the pole up and he like tried to pick it up and it wasn't coming up. And he realized that the pole hadn't fallen over. It had completely bent at a 90 degree angle because a bear had come and bent it to the ground. The pole was still in the ground. Yeah. Because it had like pulled it 90 degrees to Because it was so heavy. Yes. What is your father <laughs> thinking? And so like I called him like two weeks ago and he's like, oh yeah, there's a bear outside right now. And I was like, are the bird what? feeders up? And he's like, yes. And I was like, Hasn't the fire department told you? And he's like, yeah, but the fire department, like, the birds are going to starve. And I was like, in what world what? are the birds going to starve, Dad? You're not, like, giving them life. The and if bird you take savior. It away- yeah, exactly. He's like, without me, all of these birds would perish. Birds? I am the life bringer of birds. <laughs> Here's I was like, a fun that's a fun fact of- about birds. 
birds did not exist before humans or bird feeders. <laughs> they, did, one day, they couldn't eat. One day, a man walked outside with his bread, and he left it on the ground. And boom, a new animal was born, and it started eating that bread. And from then on, <laughs> we have been res- we have been the bird keepers. We've made all what is, birds. What is the purpose of life? To feed the birds. That's all we're here for. It's actually the bird's world. According to some conspiracy theories, birds don't exist and they're all robots. So maybe we did make well, all the birds. According to some conspiracy theories, humans don't exist. It's just about the birds and we're just here to feed them. Whoa. Okay. I thought you were going to say you're the only person who exists and you would be right. Bird person. Bird person. But that's kind of Will's stupid thought about. That's, that's, can you, how do you convince your dad though? That, cause that's such an asinine thing to it's like, completely that's ridiculous. the hill. Like, yeah, that's the hill that he's going to die on. Like, he's going to keep buying bird feeders and putting them up because he insists that the birds are going to die. I was like, Dad. They're not going to die. They're not going to die. Fine. And also, you're inviting bears onto your property, and you're probably, like, putting your neighbors at risk, potentially. Like, just yeah. put away the bird feeder. How hard is it? It's the same. It's it's like people weren't not wearing masks. And then They're my dad. just like, I don't the, want the to, The thing though. is, my dad isn't even, like, home to see the birds. He goes into his office. <laughs> okay, so, like, so what's the so like, fuck what is the point? So what is, uh, what's even happening? Okay, know. well, that's that's a disappointing end to this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed in your father. Oh, jeez. Hey, I have an I have a I have a question for you. Uh huh. This is a Theo's stupid thought. Uh huh. When was the last time you just just like sat down and had a glass of milk? Ooh. Um. I here's the thing that is gonna. I don't think it's going to wig you out. I think you you have strong opinions about drinking milk. Would that be I don't, correct? I don't think I have strong opinions. I think I think it's just like one of those things where I think it's pretty normal to just drink a glass of milk. I just don't do it that often. I don't. You can't just have a like by itself a glass of milk. That's my yeah. opinion on it. You have if it with you, something. You have it with something. You have cookies. You ha- you can have. I I used <laughs> to drink milk with meals until. Yeah, me too. Like college, like through, yeah. Through most of like high school and stuff, I would just have milk with meals too. Now I I drink water and things with meals, but like, and my dad still drinks milk with everything. So it's like, but yeah, if you just sit down, you just pour a big pour tall a big glass, glass of, milk. of milk, and then there's the whole warm milk thing, you know, like drinking. Oh, I've never understood that. You don't like warm milk? I've never had. I don't think I've ever it's like soothing, man. It's, it's poured good, some uh... milk into a pan and like no, no, heated no, no, no. it just, up or whatever. Pan? What are you out here? This is the 21st century. You nuke that baby. Just shove you it. Just right nuke. In the, <laughs> <laughs> shove it right in the microwave. I feel like it would just get like weird. Like it would evaporate. I mean, you're not drinking it like at boiling point. You're drinking it like, I don't know, nice I warm like, tea temperature. Probably, I like it's not. It's not hot. It's warm. It's specifically warm. It's not hot milk. I like chocolate milk or not chocolate hot chocolate. That's just chocolate milk that's heated up. If you think about it, mm-hmm. I like that. That's warm milk, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never. Yeah, I've never had like. I've never sat down and been like, "Ooh, time to warm well, up I, this I'm milk." Well, I think then... next year, next week, I'm gonna need your warm milk review. I'm not gonna do that. I think I think, I think he... the people need it. I think the people here's need to the... know. <laughs> here's the thing: you've told me that you don't remember each of these podcasts week to week, <laughs> so I think I'm gonna get off scot free. All right, I'll, here's the deal: I won't make a reminder for myself. Uh huh. And if I you do, just want if I to. do remember next week, then the following week you have to do it. 
But I'm if not going to remind were... myself. I'm not. I'm. I. You have. You have the better side of this bet. I'm probably going to forget. If you remember and say it on air next week, we will stop the recording. I <laughs> okay. will go and get the warm milk, okay. and I will drink it. And for my end of the bargain, I will not set a reminder. I won't write it anywhere. I'll yes. just have. I'll just have to remember it. And I won't this tell is... Laura either because she's a. She's got an she, icebox yeah, of a memory. She's got a crazy good memory. We both have girlfriends with very good memories. It's it's a nice thing to have because my memory is so bad that I kind of end oh, up absolutely. relying on it. I'll be like, oh, what's his name? And it's like, Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, right. I went, on, I went on a hike with my brother not that long, over Thanksgiving. Or no, not over Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving coming up over the summer. Yeah. Um, and we were like went on a hike and we were halfway through my hike, through the hike when I remembered like, Shit, we didn't pack any water or any snacks. Fuck. <laughs> You're those people in in those German tourists that just had Sprite. You we had to like idiots. stop at rivers crossings that we were crossing oh. for because the dog was getting so thirsty that we had to like let her down into the stream to sw- to to drink because we forgot fucking water. <laughs> yeah, that's no good, especially with the dog there. That's bad of you to do. I brought up the milk because I remembered I was drinking a glass of milk recently. And I remembered uh-huh. that in high school, they used to have in the cafeteria, they would have like these quarter gallon little cartons of milk yeah. that people would like go and pour themselves a thing and put it back in the fridge. And I would, huh. with with a meal, I would take a quarter gallon of milk and drink it with my meal. And that would You'd just take the whole thing. I would drink a quarter gallon of milk. like with, That's a with lot dinner. of milk. It's a lot of, I wouldn't do it like, I'd probably do it like twice a week like i'd have like a quarter gallon huh. with, with with a meal it was during a phase when i was like very underweight and doctors were like you need to eat and drink milk and i was like roger that time to go ham <laughs> <laughs> you're just fucking pouring milk into your i mouth just remember just the feeling it. of you've never felt bloated before you've had a quarter gallon of milk with a full oh. meal <laughs> there's a fucking gallon challenge you just no, <laughs> like i don't want to i don't want to i've experienced the quarter gallon and that's too much already i can't do a gallon yeah. challenge are you kidding me the the jug the huge fucking yeah i, I certain foods go better with milk in my opinion mm-hmm. milk and salad no that's no good gross milk weirdly i like it with like tomato sauce kind of stuff for some reason, it just kind of like helps push down. Like, Will's tip stuck. for fanciness: go to Italian restaurant, <laughs> order bolognese, ask for a glass of milk. Excuse me, I'd like some milk, please. With this delicious bolognese <laughs> with a milk glass. Coming right up, sir. Yes. Welcome I'm, to Olive Garden. On our pairing menu tonight, we've got a bolognese with a nice whole milk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What kind? Okay. This is follow-up question. What type type of milk? Whole, skim. I usually or, go for two percent. Uh, I go for a two percent. Ooh, fancy two percent, boy. I know, yeah. special two percent. One percent is not quite enough. Whole is too much. Whole is to whole is good for like when you want to make something when you're that's baking, like, yeah, when you're hot, baking, yeah, or like a hot chocolate, like right, I'll like exactly. it then. But like, and Too then creamy. skim is like skim is like. Mm, I'm like I'm just pay. Mm. I'm just drinking water now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a one percent kind of guy. Two percent is also great. Mm. But it, I I associate <laughs> with fanciness because it it came out later in my life. 
<laughs> they invented a new type of milk. Brand they did. from the people who brought you 1% comes 2%. When we were kids, did they have 2% milk? I wasn't out there searching the aisles. I was an <laughs> ignorant child. What do you mean did they have it? I wasn't checking. I, was always, I wasn't checking the stock. I'm checking the dates. I'm checking the prices. Ma, <laughs> this is a, you're getting ripped off here about this milk. Ma, you got to invest in 2% milk. It's booming. It's huge. It's brand it's new. Huge. It's huge. huge. Mom, it's huge. I remember in elementary school, and this is kind of last thought before we move on. Uh, I would, there was a janitor that named Tim. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. And he, at lunch, had a table set up, and he would sell little little milk cartons for 25 cents, or like Wait, some amount of cents. It wasn't through like the cafeteria? Like the cafeteria didn't sell that? He was in the cafeteria, It was, but like he was the one that was in charge of selling it. Why didn't you just go to the fridge and pick out your own milk and check it out like a normal human being? Because he was the person to do that. He was the milkman? He was the milkman. Um, he, he, I don't trust. So I, I would don't go trust, up and I, don't I would trust give him money. As and a he would rule give of me thumb, milk. I don't trust a person who only sells milk. I don't trust him. It wasn't like it was like in the corner of like, hey, hey, kids, you want some milk? It was like I've right next to the door milk. that that I've you've got come out of. Strawberry that you milk. Could, I think they probably also had it there, but like enough kids, I guess, got milk that he, they would have him sell milk too. He's. It was weird. I know, but. He, ins- I just he remembered insisted it. that you call him Milk Daddy. It's fine. Okay, I don't need this. Also, <laughs> because because you've done this to yourself now, have we talked about Daddy's Dairy? No, that sounds horrible. I hate it. Oh my god, I can't believe you haven't heard of Daddy's ha- Dairy. Like, like you said, I have very little memory for what happens on this podcast, so it's entirely possible we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about Daddy's Dairy. Basically, Daddy's Dairy is a place that me and my girlfriend passed one day, and I just looked at it, I'm like, is that called Daddy's Dairy? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, they have like alcoholic ice cream. It's actually pretty good. Daddy's and I just kept on... And now it's just like a bit I do sometimes that everybody fucking hates yeah. where I just go, oh my God, daddy, scary. <laughs> Turns out I also hate Give it. Give me your cream, daddy. <laughs> I also hate it. Okay, I'm done with the bit. We're moving on to my segment. All right. <laughs> uh, which is actually a carryover from last week. I didn't get to do this one. This is a, uh, this is in the news. <gasps> in the news. From uh, Associated Press News. <laughs> this is from October 17th, 2020, so uh, pretty close as opposed to some of the other articles we do that are from like a year ago or whatever. And this is called, quote, big pile, unquote, of eels dumped in <laughs> New York City Park. You can't, Impact you can't not yet measure, known. You can't measure eels in terms of piles. It's like measuring milk in terms of jewels <laughs> this is just the milk episode isn't it <laughs> yes that's the title of this episode the milk episode <laughs> well let's hear about this big pile of eels in new york city andrew orkin was taking a break from his evening job jog to sit by prospect park lake when he turned around and was startled to see a tangled of r- wriggling snakes and quite a big pile, fully alive," said Orkin. I like the southerner that's in New York City. Wait, no, I'm wait. All about it. Hey, and quite a big pile, fully alive," there it is. said Orkin, a music composer. Quite a big pile, fully alive. Quite a big music pile, composer. fully alive. <laughs> <laughs> Who lives near the Brooklyn Park? 
They turned out to be eels that had escaped from one of of two large plastic bags that split open as a man dragged them to the shoreline. After dumping the eels in the lake, the man walked away, explaining to bystanders that, quote, I just want to save lives. <laughs> Excuse me. Some call me a hero, but uh, I prefer the term superhero, actually. It doesn't. Okay, so let's just. So two. he has two bags, two large plastic bags split mm-hmm. open as a man dragged them to the shoreline. Was he taking, was he putting them in? Or was he taking them out after? Okay, well, it's, <laughs> it does like, say he's like I came from the west coast where there were eels. I'm so close to making it to the other ocean where I was told to dump uh, these eels. I I got confused because I so he he was pulling just fucking lugging some eels in a bag to the shoreline. It's, it made it sound like he was like dragging them from the water. Come on, baby, you're so close to the Atlantic. Don't rip now. <laughs> he says, "I just want to save." He just found some eels. He just found some eels and he put them in a bag and he said, time to put them in a, in a lake? <laughs> the, I like the idea that maybe there's a possibility here that he staged this. Like he got the eels himself and he dumped them out and he's like, oh no, who's uh, going sh- to save these eels? Looks like I'll be the hero today. And Honey, I've always wanted to try some eel. How many did you order from the store? <laughs> I thought it was just one, but it looks like it was... 100 <laughs> oh no oh, no what am i gonna do the article goes on to say the illegal release late last month what came a curiosity on social media but the dumping of exotic animals in suburbs aren't wheels exotic animals i mean they're not they, they're not not they're, exotic they're i don't think they're native so i guess that makes it exotic to, uh, I, if, exotic so, if i saw someone walking their eel i would be like that's unusual that's exotic if you're walking your eel, hey, you mean dragging your eel maybe because you have <laughs> maybe you have a little uh like a little t- cart that's an aquarium and you take it around to see the sights. Eels need to see the sights too. No, they don't. But the dumping <laughs> dumping of exotic animals in urban parks isn't new. In cities across the country, non-native birds, turtles, fish, and lizards have settled into and often disturbed local ecosystems. New Yorkers free thousands of non-native animals every year. Many of them abandon pets that quickly die, but others can survive, reproduce, and end up causing lasting harm. You know, cause it's it's okay if you leave your your alligator out in New York because it's gonna die or go in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Quote People like animals, and they sometimes think they're doing a good thing by <laughs> letting them go, said Jason Munchie South. <laughs> Uh, urban urban ecologist at Fordham University. Most will die. Some will become a problem. And then there's no going back. <laughs> New York State and city officials say it's too soon to know how the eels in Prospect Park might affect local species. <laughs> but based on photos taken by bystanders, officials identified them as swamp eels native to Southeast Asia, like those that have been found in at least eight states. Once they, introduced, they told me to drain the swamp, so I drained the swamp, and now there's no more water for all these eels, and now they're complaining about the eels being out here. What do you want I, from me? I know they're from Southeast Asia, so that it's like, okay, they're exotic, but swamp eels are the least, like, fun, exotic <laughs> animal I've ever heard Hi, uh, this is our band, uh, Theo and the Swamp Eels. Thanks for coming out tonight. 
Hey, thanks for coming out. We wiggle, wiggle your way to our merch booth. Uh, okay, once introduced, often by being after being purchased at li- local live fish markets, officials say the eels eat almost anything, including plants, insects, crustaceans, frogs, turtles, and other fish, and they could prey upon or compete with the park's native species for however long they survive. So yeah, but they're Katrina. fucking dumped in the ground. They're dumped on the ground. How, how are they going to survive yeah. if you just dump them on the ground, on grass? They're, no, they're in the lake. Oh. They're, they're inside the lake. The man took, he took bags of them and he said, I'm I'm going to save lives by destroying <laughs> others, which is the American way, if, if you, you think about it. you shoot the eels, you save the birds. Just eat the eels. Like, I don't know. Just kill them. Whatever. Katrina told Deputy Director of the New York uh, City Department of Parks and Recreation Wildlife Unit, there are no plans to eradicate the eels. Why not? I don't know why not. <laughs> Tell me. Give me. Give me like, like 10 reasons. Give me like one between one and 10 good reasons why there's no good reasons. Since they're nocturnal and spend most of their time burrowed in the sediment of lakes, rivers, and marshes, spotting and removing them from the lake could be impossible. I don't think it would be. As everyone knows, you know how when they the do sun it. goes down, everybody goes to bed. There is Listen, zero percent. There are zero people awake in New York City when the sun goes down. It it's is a nine to five job. It is literally impossible to get them out of here during the daylight. Am I going to get overtime for these eels? No? Fuck it. Fuck it. Whatever. Like, fine. My bedtime's at 4.30 with the sun. All right? It's winter. What do you want from me? This kind of species is a little tricky. They're well hidden, Toll said. We're not going to go out there and try to trap any of them. <laughs> what do you expect us to do? Go out there? Trap them? Bring them somewhere else? Like? What do we look like? Professionals? The Department of Parks and Recreation Wildlife Unit? <laughs> I don't think so. Wait. I don't think so. Wait. Uh, without having the... Wit- Witness the release, officials from the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation, which is investigating the incident, could not specify the number of eels released last month. Bystanders described seeing more than 100 of them. So my joke may be not that far off. I ordered (laughs) one, and there's 100. There are 100 eels. DEC officials say they will look for swampy eels during the agency's next survey in the spring, but don't expect them to make it through the winter. However, said Toronto freshwater ecologist Nicholas Mandrak, uh, even if they don't survive, they could have negative short-term impacts. If some of Prospect Park's transplants survive for a few years, climate change could feasibly warm up city waters enough to render them hospitable for swamp eels, Mandrak said. We shouldn't come to an immediate conclusion that that because they're found in Asia, they couldn't survive in New York City, he said. The exotic species previously had shown up in western New York State's Hemlock and Candace Lakes in 2019 and Queens Meadow Lake in 2017. Maybe he's just a Batman villain. Eel man. Swamp eel man. (laughs) Pocket eel. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it at some... Oh! Oh. My face! You got Uh, me this time, eel man. Elsewhere, biologists have found Asian swamp eels in waterways in Hawaii, Georgia, New New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, Florida, and Pennsylvania. Sounds like they can survive places new york city has a long history of people introducing exotic species into its parks in 1890 shakespeare enthusiasts released a flock of about 16 european starlings in central park that grew into a current population of hundreds of millions oh my god nationwide <laughs> that outcompete native birds destroying crops and occasionally snarl jet engines oh my god 
For decades, pet red-eared slider turtles have been abandoned in city ponds, creating a major nuisance that crowded out local painted turtles and fueled green algae blooms. Voracious sharp-toothed northern snakehead fish introduced by weight of pet stores, live food markets, and aquarium hobbyists across the U.S. have been spotted in New York's Harlem Mirror and Flushing Meadows Corona Park. Uh, and descendants of escaped are released monk parakeets and Italian wall lizards are scattered across the city's boroughs. The ills are just the latest episode. Quote, this is an unusual and eye-catching story, <laughs> Toll said, but that, but something that happens far more often is people released one unwanted pet. And that's the end of the article. Yeah, so we could uh, pay money to invest in the Central Park Zoo, or we could just wait. People are out here releasing their pets. So maybe the zoo is the city. Listen, I wanted to give Timmy a really great Christmas present. And he said he really wanted a hundred eels. <laughs> and, but I can't. What are we going to do with all these eels? My so main just, problem is. What do I do with them? My main problem is I can't find a stocking big enough for a hundred eels. Where do I buy a stocking like that? Th- this is just a perfect example to me of the short term American <laughs> mindset of. I don't want these eels. Let me just put them in a trash bag I'll and just, just put, put them, them in a lake. That's what happens. They're, eels are in lakes, right? Probably didn't even Google it. Just like <laughs> fucking whatever. It's like it's like when you have a battery and you're like, do I throw this away? What do I do with this? And it just ends up on your counter for and way too up, long. You end up getting a hundred of them and putting them in a lake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it's just, it's, that's the, that's the, it's just a, a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing to be having oh, you know a nice crazy i'm about wait am i gonna sneeze no oh it went away i thought i was gonna sneeze that's not crazy it is you know what is crazy your next segment it's crazy hey i have a wikipedia historian for you about project mk ultra do you know about oh, project mk ultra i do know about project mk ultra this is not a fun or funny <laughs> topic but it is weird so project mk ultra is when the american government decided that they wanted to use lots of drugs on people to try to figure out how to mind control them mm-hmm. so there's a lot here but i want to just read a particular portion of this about the experiments that they did on americans there's, oh, a, they whole, did a, there's a, a whole ton of them. They did a ton of them, but there's just specifically this segment about experiments on Americans. So I'm going to read you some of this. So it says the CIA document, documents suggest that they investigated chemical, biological, and radiological methods of mind control as part of MKUltra. They spent an estimated 10 million or more, roughly 87 million, adjusted for inflation today. So for the LSD, LSD section, early CIA efforts focused on LSD 25, which later. Uh, came to dominate many of MK Ultra's programs. The CIA wanted to know if they could make Soviet spies defect against their will and whether the Soviets could do the same to CIA's own operatives. So far, they're like, hey, if the Russians can do LSD mind control, by God, we've got to do it too. They don't even have, like, evidence of this, they? don't. Do they? they No, they don't. They just, they just thought are, it up. They, thought, they were on LSD and they thought <laughs> this everybody should be doing this. Once Project MKUltra got underway in April 1953, experiments included administering LSD to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and sex workers. Quote, people who oh. could not fight back, unquote, as one agency officer put it. Hey, that's the worst. You're this the This is why I said worst. it was a, a funny top. It's no. like, what, when you scratch the surface, you're, you're just like, 
Oh, this is fun in mind control. That's funny. Like some the, of it that the is government did this, and some of it is just straight up bad and wrong. And then you then you go, oh, they did this to like children and stuff too. Yep. Oh, okay. And they spent how much money on this? Yep. Um, okay, this is all where my tax money's going. So it says in one case they administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 days. Hey, what the fuck? That's not okay. They. Ugh, this was not even long ago. This is not, like we we always like we've had times in the podcast where like this is just old timey medicine yeah. where it was just like oh we just do whatever you want to people they're just your this guinea pigs. This is the time in the this military like when like you could just do 50s. the fucking whatever. This is like 50s 60s like I think it ended in, in 80s like 75 70s or 80s, yeah, yeah. Like that. but it was ramped down pretty hardcore during like the 60s so it was like mostly in the 50s and 60s so it says they also administered lsd to cia employees military personnel doctors other government agents and members of the public to study the reaction lsd and other drugs were often administered without the subject's knowledge or informed consent a violation of the nuremberg code and uh, the u.s agreed to after world war ii the aim was to find drugs that would bring out deep confessions or wipe a subject's mind clean and program them as a, quote, robot agent, unquote. In Operation Midnight Climax. Oh, come what on. A, what a come fucking. On. <laughs> fucking. Fuck you, government. <laughs> the CIA set up several brothels within agency safe oh, houses on. in San Francisco to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. The men were dosed with LSD, and the brothels were equipped with one-way mirrors, and the sessions were filmed later, viewing and oh, study. Oh, my man. God. In other experiments where people were given LSD without their knowledge, they were interrogated under bright lights with doctors in the mili- and the background taking notes. They told subjects that w- they would extend their, quote, trips if they refused to reveal their secrets. This is so fucked! Yeah. It's, it's so fucked. The people who, under this interrogation were in CIA employees, military personnel, and agents suspected suspected of working for the other side of the Cold War. Uh, long-term debilitation and several deaths resulted from this. Fucking wild. Her- heroin addicts were bribed into taking LSD f- with offers of more heroin. Hey, this is the government we're talking about. Yeah. This, is this the, isn't... This is the government. This is like... This is the shadow shit that people always like conspiracy theory. Like, this is a conspiracy theory for a while. And then the government was just like, uh, so anyway, yeah, we're going to be releasing stuff. And then uh, MK Ultra was true. And um, <laughs> uh, you know, people yeah. were like, excuse me? Sorry, what? What did you say? It's it's in like I would I would tell people to look into this if you have not, even though that's a big ask for <laughs> for a podcast to just go like, hey, look into MK Ultra. It's wild. It'll fucking blow your mind. But it is something that like if you read it, you're like, this is wild. What do you mean it's real and happened like 50 years ago? Yeah, it's crazy. Insane. Um, I'll read a little bit more. Okay. The Office of Security used LSD in interrogations, uh, but Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, this chemist who directed MKUltra, had other ideas. He thought it could be used in covert operations. Since its effects were temporary, he believed he could it could be given to high-ranking officials and in this way affect the course of important meetings, speeches, etc., since he realized there were difference in testing the drug in a laboratory and using it in clandestine operations, he initiated a series of experiments where LSD was given to people in quote-unquote normal settings without warning. At first, everyone in technical service tried it. A typical experiment involved two people in a room where they observed each other for hours and took notes. What a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Just take LSD and take notes. 
As the experimentation progressed, a point arrived where outsiders were drugged with no explanation whatsoever, and surprise acid trips became something of an occupational hazard among CIA operatives. So just at any time, if you worked at the CIA, you, you, might, could, just you could just be tri- tripping. Yeah, right. You'd be like, I've got a very important meeting this afternoon. It's about the <laughs> Iran nuclear program. I've really got to bur- buckle down. And it's like, oh, and I'm tripping balls. This is the worst <laughs> prank system. In uh, the gotcha, CIA. Johnson. <laughs> good luck with your presentation, like, idiot. I'm feeling pretty good today. Oh, oh, oh no, <laughs> Janet stops all my memes. <laughs> and just like, also, just like so writing down things about another person. Like, so uh, Jerry's face is melting, and I'm freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I'm like, freaking that's, out. This is really uncomfortable. <laughs> Also, like the taking taking it while like doing a speech, my fellow Americans, I want you to know that you are all eyeless right now. <laughs> you that all, your faces are melting, and you're look you're being absorbed into the alien hive mind. It's good to be here <laughs> with you today. Just, just wild. Adverse reactions often occurred, such as operative who is receiving the drug in his yeah. morning in his morning coffee, became psychotic and ran across Washington, seeing a monster in every p- car passing him. Yeah, Which, <laughs> the experiments continued even after Frank Olson, an army chemist who had never taken LSD, was covertly dosed by a CIA supervisor, and nine days later plunged to his death from the window of a 13-story New York City hotel room, supposedly as a deep uh, depression induced by the drug. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's like you shouldn't just start dosing people with a chemical. You have no I, fucking idea what it does. Oh my god, they're, they're just like, like we're like we don't know what it does. We don't know what it does, but we're just gonna start putting it in people's coffee. Yeah, D- fucking bananas. MK Ultra's researchers later dismissed LSD as too unpredictable in its results. Yeah. <laughs> They gave up on the notion that LSD was, quote, the secret that was going to unlock the universe, unquote, but it still had a place in the cloak and dagger arsenal. However, in 1962, the CIA and the army developed a series of super hallucinogens, such as the highly touted BZ, which was thought to hold greater promise as a mind control weapon. This results in the withdrawal of the support of many academics and private researchers, and LSD research became less a priority altogether. Now, let me ask you yep. if you watched a james bond movie mm-hmm. where the villain said mr bond i'm going to be dosing everybody in the world with lsd so they go crazy and i can mind control them would that be out of place or would that be too goofy and on the nose <laughs> to try be, to that would be a little a little too uh a little too on point there, champ. A little too much. I can't believe that they were like, this is, it's the same mad science level of like the 1800s, except they had a little bit of a concept of what they were doing. And, and that's what made bu- it scary. And they had a budget of tens of millions of dollars to play with. Yes. And, and they're all, just like, fucking oh, dose them. And by the way, no consequences for literally anything. No consequences. No, like, no, where's our money? They just fucking bought a bunch of drugs and then they dosed the people just randomly and they went, eh, didn't do anything. A guy killed himself. Like, yep. what do you. Mission failed. Get him next time. What are you talking about? Yeah, suit back up for the next one, boys. It's fucking it's, wild. If you. This is why people who. <laughs> this is. Was a very, for a very long time a conspiracy theory. And then they're right. like, oh yeah, we totally. We did it. 
Um, what a wild so, thing to be like, no, the government, of course, is not drugging people just to see what it does. Oh, shit. But it's ins- uh, but that, turns out but they, they are. Th- that's how it works, though. I don't believe every conspiracy theory. I think most of them, like, if you have the question of why the fuck would people even do this, mm-hmm. then it like Flat Earth is 100%. Like, why the fuck would people even bother? Right. Like, there's so much you could do to figure this out. It'd be so easy. <laughs> like... But, like, this is one of those things where they just try to make conspiracy theorists look dumb and crazy. And then they go, uh, yeah, we did it. Um, anyway, so moving on. D- uh, well, moving on. Um, we just did crazy stuff, but it was so far back in the day. It was like 20 years ago. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? We're definitely not doing crazy stuff now, even though it ramped it's, down not that long ago. Yeah, it's crazy. But fucking wild. Uh, anyway, you know what else is crazy? Or who else is crazy? <gasps> Our good friend, Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle, for those who don't know, uh, is a prolific uh, erotica writer. Honestly, the understatement to say he's prolific. Like, he, he, he goes beyond proliferation. This is this is Amazon erotica, and we're gonna do a little bit different. This is a this is an all Chuck Tingle power hour. Um, not hour, this is gonna be just the end of the podcast, but uh uh, what we're gonna do is I'm going. This man, he he has 22 pages of results. Oh my God, 22, 22 pages of titles. Yeah, and I think there's about like 10 or so per per thing. So he has like 200 books. Jesus. Um. So I'm just gonna start from his the beginning. Let's go to page 22. From the very beginning. I'm going to just start started. I'm going to start reading titles. We're going to just go until the end of time. Not the end of time, the end of our time in this podcast. Uh if any of them really catch your attention, mm-hmm. I'll stop and read the description, right. but we're just going to we're just going to go through these. This is from 2015. We're starting 2015. He started writing 5 years ago that was it, so it appears. Long ago. How can I even remember? Yeah. And this is uh trained by the living biker train trained by the living but and they're okay so there's a man in his underwear and then there's a a train with a face a human face on the train it's a guy it's a guy who is a biker who is and there's a motorcycle next to him but he has the face it's a train with a face on it it's kind of like thomas the tank engine except is that poorly photoshopped is that a turn on for some people thomas the tank (laughs) for uh chuck jingle it is jesus Uh, top horn turned gay by the unicorn pilots Mm-hmm. okay that's a competitor uh, chuck's living object tinglers volume three living objects just just stuff around his house he's like uh yeah. what and should i sexualize a- <laughs> today i can see uh my D figurines i it, see my old study textbooks uh and a rubik's has- cube sounds like rubik's cubes getting sexy today the picture is of a book on the cover it's a picture of a book on the book cover that says the best book ever written. And then it has a man's face photoshopped <laughs> on the book. It's, you know, it's just a book with a guy. It's a book guy. Yeah. Lonely author pounded by dinosaur social media followers. <laughs> <laughs> so not only are they social media followers, they're dinosaur social media followers. Does that yeah. just mean he has a really old fan base? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a boomer. I love your content. It also <laughs> I'm from the, the greatest generation. The the main character is named the lonely author. The titular lonely author is named 
Buck Trungle. Mm-hmm. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if there's a little bit of projection there from Chuck Tingle. Yeah, from Chuck Tingle. Uh, there's another volume of Chuck's Living Objects Tinglers, which is a cup of coffee with a man's face on it. He literally was just looking around his room. Yep. Yeah. Hunter Dentist pounded in the butt by Cecil the Handsome Unicorn. It's just, I think this it's is just a, so on the nose. <laughs> it's. I think it's just in reference to the hunters that killed that that lion, the dentist guy. <laughs> yeah, but pound, what's the reference of pounded in the butt? What's that reference? It's just he just likes pounding people in the butt. Yeah, Every single does, one yeah. of these is pounded in the butt. For example, <laughs> the state of California stalks my gay butthole. Yeah, I want to hear this description. All right, we're gonna go into the state of. <laughs> Give me this description. <laughs> when Plurk and his Plurk. buddy Plurk, P L U R K, you know the Plurk. normal American name. It's me, yeah. Plurk. Plurk uh, and his buddy decide to spend the afternoon poolside looking for chicks in the Miami heat. Not even fucking. It's not the last thing they Tell expect. Tell me about the Golden State. The last thing they expect is to run into the state of California taking a dip. Yeah, very unexpected. It's, wait, I I go to the pool, so and I was quite still... frankly, I don't <laughs> expect a full state to just be taking a dip. So Theo was up in his house in New England, and the last thing he ex- expected was for Texas to come on by. What do you fucking mean? What do you? What the fuck do you mean? There ain't room enough in this pool for the two of us because I'm a full state. Because I'm a full ass state. <laughs> I'm millions of miles. Uh, quickly befriending the celebrity state over Avocado Shirley Temples, Plurk soon okay, found himself. Okay, first of all, hey, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't just say Avocado Shirley Temples and expect no, no, to get no, away with it. Avocado Gross. Shirley Temples. Disgusting. I think I'm going to puke. Plurk soon finds himself falling <laughs> head over the heels for this handsome geographical location. <laughs> I don't understand his bending my concept of what you can hit on. But as the evening wears on, hidden secrets from California's past begin to bubble up to the surface. Yeah, you could read all about it in a textbook. It's really hidden. Pointing to an illicit history of obsession and stalking. Is California just another state? out to looking to party or something terrifyingly erotic brewing for plurk at the end of the night <laughs> i fucking forgot his name was plurk that's how wild <laughs> this journey has been this erotic tale is four forty two hundred words of sizzling human on gay location action <laughs> including <laughs> oh just a lot of gross stuff he goes through everything uh he, he bleh, uh Blah, 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 and Golden State Love. Thanks for beeping that out for us. For Baba. Yeah, Thanks for yada yada. I think, uh, that, that, I think that was for bit. you. Yeah. What, you want to hear? No, no, no. Anal? I don't. No, I'm okay. good. I'm good. I'm good to move on. Okay, so this is a new one. Pounded in the butt by my leaked Mashley Addison data. <laughs> uh, Dan Bigfooterzian parties in my butthole with his billionaire lifestyle. With- and. And this is guy giving two thumbs up and there's a Bigfoot drawing and it's wearing sunglasses and there's just money raining down while they're on a yacht. It's great. <laughs> oh, this was relatable. I think I think Garfield talked about this. Monday pounds me in the butt. Just the, the concept <laughs> this, this of Monday. One, this one's for all you Garfield fans out there. How about those Mondays? Always pounding you in the butt, am I right? How about those fucking Mondays? Leonardo DiCaprio didn't even choose a different name. 
finally wins his award and it pounds him in the butt. Gross. Oh no, Leonardo Di- DiCaprico. DiCaprico. TM. Stupid. Slammed in the butt by my Hugo Award nomination. <laughs> yeah. He actually he got a Hugo Award. This oh, man God. has a Hugo Award. Uh, another object tingler. So let's just go past that. Uh, pounded in, pounded by my handsome ghost boats. Yep, plural. Give you that uh, descript because of the plurality right. there. Uh, back home for the summer after his first year in college, Ralph is ready to relax by the pool and catch some rays. Wait, unfortunately, is, yeah, is chilling by the pool a gateway to being pounded in the butt? Yes. Damn it. 100%. If there's ghost boats about, absolutely. Next time I go to the pool, I'm going to have to watch out for those ghost boats in the state of California. Okay, but unfortunately, his family's home is still haunted by the ghosts of several speedboats that died in a tragic marina (laughs) fire at his father's dealership. (laughs) When the undead vessels show up with some cute... With some cute guys they picked up from the beach, things immediately get frustrating for Ralph. But it's not long before the jealousy kicks in, and he realizes that the attention on these spectral ships is more important than he thought. Soon Ralph is showing the boats that he knows how to party just as hard as any other beach bro in a homoerotic ghost boat gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's a little bit longer. This erotic tale is 4,300 words. You get a bonus 100 pages. This book is a fucking steal. Yeah, of sizzling human on gay boat action. I'm going to yada, yada, yada. And Phantom Vehicle Love. Phantom Vehicle Love. You got to love There's Phantom Vehicle. There's an audible sample. I'm not going to click on that. <laughs> I'm good. Are you sure? Who's it read by? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, so this is, <laughs> this is, this was a long one. Hi, this is Neil Patrick Harris reading for you. Pounded in the butt <laughs> by my many awards. Bye. By Chuck Tingle. By Chuck Tingle. This is this is slammed by the substantial amount of press generated by my book, Pounded by the Pound, Turned Gay by the Socioeconomic Implications of Britain Leaving the European Union. Wow, that's meta. Yeah. He's pounded by the press and it's a but a bunch of newspapers and then he just superimposed the face on it. <laughs> yep. First Buckaroo Bill pounded by the handsome living White House. Okay. The living White House. Stranger what? Pounds. Stranger Pounds. Yeah, that's it's good. Stranger that's Things. Sheriff Bopper instead of Hopper. <laughs> okay, I like that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, Chuck, Ting- Chuck Tingle's Dinosaur Tinglers Volume 4. Pounded in the butt my- by my constantly changing thoughts on the ongoing mystery of t- Chuck Tingle's real identity. <laughs> <laughs> it's so meta. Stop, Chick Tingle. And it's just a bunch of question marks with a man's face on it. Slammed in the butt by the handsome sentient manifestation of Election Day. This was in 2016. Oh, no. Looks like we weren't pounded in the butt this time. Got him. Uh, Chef Wooly Mammoth eats my butt. Pound- <laughs> I don't pounded- know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this so loudly, by the way, and I live with my parents, so like I don't know <laughs> if they can hear this, of me just yelling, just pounded by the sentient manifestation of my incorrectly announced <laughs> best picture winner. <laughs> Slammed in the butt by my own sentient rebbit AMA. Rebbit, right. Yeah. yeah. Pounded in the butt by my second award oh- <laughs> <laughs> nomination. My God. That's the second book about this. He's like, okay. what's going on in my life? 
Right, let's get pounded by the butt by it. We'll we'll just do a few more and then we'll be done. Uh, Chuck's living object timblers volume fourteen. We're already up to fourteen, seventeen, fifteen, thirteen. Donald Trump Jr. slammed in the butt by his secret Russian meetings and the grossly incompetent cover up shortly shortly thereafter. Oh my God, what a fucking title! It, also, he's getting like political, which I think is hilarious. This is what we uh, need from Chuck Tingle. There's a fucking living objects. 18 has a fidget spinner with his with a face oh on it. Oh my god! Got to appeal to the youth audience. To the youth, sentient Fort Paul's Manafort is charged in the butt while Trump's foreign policy advisor George Papadop admits he lied about hiding inside. I pounded in the butt by the handsome physical manifestation of holiday shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Pounded in the butt by the sentient physical manifestation of Valentine's Day. Pounded in the butt by my podcast, Night Vale Presents Pounded in the Butt by my podcast with Chuck Tingle. Wait. Is he involved read that in, again? Is he involved in Night Vale? I Wait, don't I'm think confused. he is. I don't think he is. I think he's just making a joke. And oh. also nobody cares because he's fucking Chuck Tingle. He's Chuck Tingle. And so this is... I'm going to end there. I'm, I just can't... We have... Hey... We just finished page 19. <laughs> he has fucking 18 more pages. Oh my God. And we'll eventually get through them. We'll get through them. We definitely will. This is just insanity. But that's the end of the podcast. The end of the insanity. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. If you have any more Chuck Tinglers that you want to send to us, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitter at Segment City, our YouTube Segment City, where we have individual segments. Uh, leave us a review, a star rating. We would love that. You know, subscribe mm-hmm. to us, that kind of thing on iTunes, Spotify, any of those services. We'd love getting downloads and recommendations to friends. And also, we got to give a big thank you to who, Theo? It's it's different this week. Is it? No, it's not different. It's Rachel it's, Robinson. Oh, it's I thought you were going to say week. Chuck Tingle. No, Chuck Tingle. Unless he writes a book about getting pounded by Segment City. By oh, the, I, <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. Could I send an email to to Chuck Tingle, do you think, and say, hey, can you just put a... It doesn't... It, it could be five words. He's probably running out of content to write about. So, yeah, maybe he needs the support. Yeah, maybe he does. I don't know. But, we should alert him. But we yeah. should also thank Rachel Robinson for doing our intro music. She has a podcast store of her, of her own called Create Loud, where you can hear probably significantly less about Chuck Tingle. So if you're looking for an, a less tingly podcast, she might be a great person to contact. Pounded in the butt by a bunch of eels that were dropped in a lake. Oh, no. We got to end. No, Okay, I'm that's not. the end of it. That's what we're ending on? Yeah, that's gross. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Nasty.